When I was in church as a young boy, I grew up with a song that really touched my heart. And I don't know how much I should sing on the radio, but I'm going to sing this hymn to you because it really, really meant a lot to me. It went like this. I can hear my Savior calling. I can hear my Savior calling. I can hear my Savior calling. I'll go with him, with him, all the way. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. I'll go with him, with him, all the way. I used to hate that song. <laughs> the reason for it is that we would give altar calls at church, and then I'd be trying to run from the call of God, and then I'd hear that song, and I'd try to run. I'd try to get out of there, but I could never get away with it. But Jesus is so tenderhearted. He is so caring. He is so kind. And when he comes to a little lost lamb that he wants to walk with him, he'll pick you up, put his arms around you, heal you of your insecurities, and call you to do things for him that you never ever thought you could do. Welcome to Healing Begins. When God Calls, this is part two. Today again, I have Sarah out here. Sarah Sixberry. Say hi, Sarah. Hello, everybody. Have you heard that hymn before? I have now. Did you like it? Of course. When he leads or where he leads me, I will follow. You know, being called a seven-year-old to serve him, I really didn't know what it meant. And a lot of times... When God is calling young people, other people kind of look down on them and say, yeah, I, how can God use that kid? But you know what Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.12? Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, love, in faith, and in purity. Wow. Isn't that big? Yes. I have met young people that were more mature in Christ than someone that was 40 years old before. Mm -hmm. Me have too. You, have you seen that? Absolutely. Have you experienced being looked down on because you're young? Mm-hmm. So what do you got to do to get through that? Keep listening to the Lord. Well, I, I was going to say, don't listen to him. Stay, <laughs> stay confident in the Lord and listen to his voice above other people's. Yes. I I totally agree with that 100%. You can't you can't listen to the naysayers who would try to talk you out of what God is calling you to do. I remember I was about 18 years old. I had a good $6 an hour job and um one day I got my mom and dad together and I said, "Mom, dad, I I'm going to do something with my life." What are you going to do, son? Well, I'm going to quit my job in two weeks, and I'm going to move to Brainerd Indian School 
in South Dakota. I'm go. I'm gonna go live with the Indians and help the missionaries. And they're like, uh, "Come into the kitchen. Let's sit down and talk." And now, them sitting me down and talk wasn't a bad thing. I mean, as parents, they were trying to guide me. They were trying to help me. And they were like, "You're gonna quit your good, full time." six dollar an hour job to go do that and i'm like yeah that's what i'm gonna do my heart was in it <laughs> little did i know what i was getting into <laughs> because back in then times um the supernatural kind of scared me and when i started living with daryl knew plenty stars and his wife rose and i began to live with the indians i realized they had more supernatural going on that i'd ever seen in my whole life kind of scared me and I wanted to go home after I'd been there a week but I stuck it out and the Indian uh, my Indian dorm parent Daryl came to me and said come here young man let me teach you about the precious blood of Jesus and he he was a Indian he was a Sioux or a Lakota pastor and he taught me how to handle the supernatural so it didn't freak me out so much but that was part of my training for raining can you see how that fits into what we're doing today it totally fits because that spiritual care we deal with the supernatural too is a natural part of what we do. And my parents really didn't know what to think, you know, and I, I just I just had to go do it. I, I, I had to quit my job. It wasn't that I enjoyed my job anyways, but you know what? When you're designed to do something different, you know it. And you're not going to be satisfied until you start doing the things you're designed to do. Would you agree with that? Yes. So have you ever done crazy things that people didn't understand at times, Sarah? Every day. Share, can you share a couple? Yeah. By the way, I put Sarah on the spot to be on the program today. She's doing a great job. Probably the biggest one and most recent is I graduated college with a bachelor's degree in communication and business. And then I decided to move out to California to join YWAM, where I had to um, be completely self-funded and not use my degree, even though I definitely used what I learned from college. And a lot of people didn't agree with that decision because it was very unlike what you do after college, because you go to college, you get a job. You maybe get married, buy a house, have kids. The American dream. And that's not what I was doing. So that was probably one of the biggest ones. And then there's been a lot of just like little examples as far as like outreach or I'll feel like Lord, the Lord is asking me to do something and then it looks a little crazy to other people and they'll always, always try to say, did God really say that or... Um, are you sure? Which is a good test of, good test of my boldness and my faith and my trust in Him. So I'd say the biggest one would be right after college, and then another big one would be probably moving back from California and to come back to Michigan. So I'd say those are the biggest ones. Well, you brought up a very interesting point. Many times we have degrees that have not really equipped us for what we're doing in the present day. You know, but God will use a degree and use that education for his purpose. But I could share with you right now, the very thing that I'm doing right now 
as executive director of Spiritual Care Consultants, a healing ministry in Hastings, was not the thing that I was educated for. It was not the, I'm doing things right now that I was never trained to do, but God put a special gift in me to do it. So part of my job is I have to raise all the finances for the whole team, for the whole, I mean, we have a team of 30, but eight paid staff, and I was never raised in fundraising and fund development. I had to learn all that stuff. No education in it. So sometimes with a calling, there's things he asks you to do, and you're like, man, I have no education in that. Mm -hmm. But you might have a gift inside you to go do something in your by the, your own way. And sometimes it's not good to tell people what you're going to do right away. The main thing is you do want to get wise counsel. I want to say that. Yes. That's important to get wise counsel. But the important thing to know that what you're about to do, you're following Jesus. That is probably what I'm going to say is the most important thing. I remember when uh, I was in Bible college, I think I was in my third year, and I went to this church and they had a mission speaker and they were going to do a mission trip to Mexico in the middle of the semester. And I heard the Lord say to me, I want you to go to Mexico. I said, what? You want me to go to Mexico? I'm in Bible college. I don't have no money. So you know what I did? I put out I put out some letters. And before you knew it, within six weeks, not only did I have all the money to go, I had more than the money I needed. And I left and I went to the mission field in Mexico. We went to uh, Monterrey, then Cita Valles up in the mountains to do a dedication of a church. And we went to Monterey, to a, there's a suburb called, called Guadalupe where we were helping to build a church. So little did I know that that was the beginning of God's call for me to the Latin American people. Little did I know because it, it would be 18 years later that I would find myself in Honduras and then Costa Rica. So God has an amazing plan. That's just what I want to say. God's plan is amazing. I mean, he says in Psalm 139, verse 16, all the days ordained for you were written in his book before one came to be. So you and I have a book in heaven about us, about all we can do for God. And when I look at his plan, I'm thinking, God, you're crazy. I think of when he called what a person in the Bible I would call a Christian killer. He called Saul. And if you don't think he was a wicked man, the church feared Saul. And then somebody had to be praying for that boy because mm -hmm. he had that blinding light experience on the road to Damascus and he got converted mm -hmm. and his name went from Saul to Paul. And God said, this is my chosen instrument mm -hmm. and I must show him how much he must suffer for my name. And God raised up Saul, named him Paul, and he wrote three quarters of our New Testament. Mm -hmm. Amazing. I mean, God does not think like we do. He doesn't call who we think we should be called. He called a woman named Mary Magdalene, out of which he cast seven devils to be a major part of his ministry team? Right. Come on, Jesus. Yeah. Surely. I told the Lord many times, why'd you call me? There's many others more gifted than me. You have any thoughts about when God calls Sarah? So many thoughts. Yes. It's, I find that we, we are born with certain passions and desires that are in us, but maybe get 
kind of scuffed out by people or by situations and it almost discourages us and causes insecurity. But when the Lord comes and calls almost again, it's like, are we going to pay attention? Are we going to choose him? Are we going to choose the life that he's already written for us or are we not? So it's a matter of knowing that what he has for us is is the best, whether it feels like it at the present moment or not. Yeah, because he's one of those people that just keep on calling. Mm-hmm. God, God will call you over and over and over again to follow him. But it is like Sarah just said, we have a choice to say yes, mm-hmm. to run. And you know, many times we feel like, really, God? But once you get into it, once you start walking in the right direction, you'll find that even though the road isn't always easy, you have uh, you have many, much more peace and you know that you're walking in the right direction. So it's never too late to say, yes, Jesus, I'll follow you. Even if you feel like, wow, he called me at a young age and now I'm now I'm 60. You feel like it's too late. No, 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 no. It is never too late to obey and say, yes, Lord, because a lot of the people in the Bible, God didn't use them greatly until they were over 60. Mm -hmm. Everything they had experienced before that, I mean, look at Moses. He put him on the backside of the desert tending sheep for 40 years. Then he called to deliver the children out of Egypt. But he had to tend those sheep for 40 years. And on the mountainside, he had an encounter with a burning bush Mm -hmm. where God spoke to him and called him to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt. I mean, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. 40 years on the backside of a desert tending sheep. And yet, and then he says that he can't speak and, you know, he, he's insecure about, oh, Lord, you know I can't speak. And so God said to him, I always crack up at this, who gave man his mouth? <laughs> so God sent Aaron with him to be his mouthpiece. But so maybe you feel like you've been tending sheep on the backside of the desert for 40 years. If this is a time for God to call you out to do something different, he'll help you. He'll provide. And by the way, you'll be glad you did it in the long run. I'm just telling you, you'll be glad you said yes. Have I ever had any hard times after saying yes? Oh, of course. That's a part of the whole process. So there's that sifting and refining, sharpening, and God using different things that we go through to prepare us because he wants us to reach people see you're listening this morning early in the morning and the reason you're listening early in the morning to me and to sarah is because the lord asked me to start a radio program and he the time slot was 1 a.m do you know how many people ask me why 1 a.m.? A lot. Why 1 a.m.? <laughs> I said, well, who's up at 1 a.m.? Usually people that are stressed, having a hard time, maybe searching, looking. Hey, he's tenderly calling you to follow him. I don't think I've ever met a more tender-hearted person 
than Jesus. There's that other old hymn too. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. Do you know him tonight? Is your heart right with him as you're listening tonight? Sarah's shaking her head yes. Well, we want to invite you to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never invited him into your heart. The Bible says in Romans, if you'll confess with your heart, your mouth, that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Maybe he's calling you tonight to come back to him. So pray after me. Say, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I ask you to come into my heart, be my Lord, be my Savior, forgive me of my sins. I confess you as my Lord in the name of Jesus. Amen. And now I pray that our Lord would fill you with the Holy Spirit. So when I say Jesus is calling, he might be calling you to do something for him, or he might be calling you to come to him. And he's the loving shepherd that leaves the 90 and 9 and goes out to find the one that was lost. Don't you love finding lost sheep? Yes. That's your passion, isn't it? Mm-hmm. What do you do on outreach? Depends on what kind of outreach, but... I tend to, if I'm with a group of people, I tend to, or we tend to pray before we go out. And we'll always have like an area in mind. But sometimes the Lord highlights a specific area to us. And then we pray and ask him just for specific people or specific things that he wants to do during our time of outreach. And we'll go and we'll listen as a group and we'll pray. And then we'll go out in usually twos or threes and go minister to people, whether it's on the streets or in malls. We do a lot of homeless outreach. And if it, if I'm by myself, then I, I try to live a lifestyle of telling people about him, at least one person a day, um, a stranger, at least one stranger a day, in order just to keep, um, keep myself accountable. And um, it truly is my desire that all people would know him because we don't know like we don't know where any person is at and I wouldn't want to be I wouldn't want to be the one who had the opportunity to share the love of Christ with somebody and not do it. After all, it's not hard to share because we're the ones with the good news. Well, and he's my best friend. Of course, I want to share about my best friend with every single person. It's like bringing your it's like bringing your new girlfriend or boyfriend or fiance home and you who are you going to talk about? You're going to be so excited because you're so in love to share about your significant other with your family, with everybody you come in contact to. I think recently of one of my best friends who just got engaged, and the only thing, only thing she could talk about was her new, her new fiance. She's excited. So that's kind of what I try to think about because I love to, love to talk about my best friend. And you love to introduce him to people. Yes. I love to introduce him to people. I remember, you're bringing a memory to my mind. So I'm a, uh, my Indian dad in South Dakota was a full-blooded Lakota Sioux Indian. Mm -hmm. And he was a pastor. He made me his son and he gave me an Indian name. Mm -hmm. So we were at Wounded Knee up by the mass graves. And I think I'm the only white boy there. Mm -hmm. 
and he's taking me to all of his friends. And what he says is, I'd like you to meet my son. And I got some strange looks. Mm -hmm. And they would say, what is your name? My name is Wakan Wounspeguhameni, which means walks with spiritual wisdom. And they would go, strong name. Mm -hmm. And Jesus does the same with us. He wants to, us to introduce him to others because he's good, he's loving, he's kind. So, you know, we're talking about when God calls. Mm -hmm. Listen, when he calls, just say yes mm -hmm. and say, if you show me the way, I'll go, I'll take the first step. And really what people need to understand is it's, you go step by step. It's a lot slower process, don't you think, than people think it is? Yes. And so if you think right away when you say yes, you're going to be on the mission field, I got news for you. Maybe you're probably not called to do that, but whatever you're called to do, God will make it clear, and you'll like it because it's a part of your original design. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean you won't have some fears that what don't mean you won't have some insecurities. Did you ever have to deal with fear and insecurity, Sarah? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because what you're called to do isn't, it's not supposed to be necessarily easy, and you're not supposed to be able to do it by yourself. Because then we wouldn't need people. We wouldn't need Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So, of course, there's nervousness, fear, and insecurity. That's where you have to draw from the Lord and say, God, who am I? Who did you create me to be? Would you help me to see myself the way you do? And you're called to walk by faith, yes. not by sight. Yes. So sometimes you step out and you don't have all the answers, mm -hmm. but the Lord is with you because when he calls you, he will never let you go. You want to say a prayer for those that he's calling that, God would give them the ability and the strength to say yes. Yes. God, thank you for every person. God, I pray specifically for those who are just curious or wondering or even saying like, I don't think I can do this thing that God has asked me to do. God, I pray spirit of boldness and strength and courage and confidence over them right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow. God is good and his love endures forever and he cares about you. Yeah, you who are listening right now. And I, I have a picture in my mind as someone is sitting in their home and tears are streaming down their face. I pray that God would just really touch you where you're at. And I want to thank you for taking the time to tune in to Healing Begins. We would really love to hear from you. My email is Gail, G-A-L-E at spiritualcareconsultants.com and my mailing address is Healing Begins 1375 West Green Street Hastings, Michigan 49058 and I just want to say when God calls you and you say yes He will be with you every step of the way and He'll never leave you nor will He forsake you have a good day night. Healing Begins is brought to you by Spiritual Care Consultants of West Michigan. 
We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We are not a church, but a healing ministry based out of a doctor's office, and my partner is Dr. Troy Carlson. Maybe you're looking for a chance to donate somewhere. You have some money and you'd like to make a donation? Well, we are a great place to donate. Go to our website, www.spiritualcareconsultants.com, and click on Donate, or you can make your checks out to Spiritual Care Consultants and mail them to Spiritual Care Consultants, 1375 West Green Street, Suite 1, Hastings, Michigan, 49058. Most of all, I want to thank you for your prayers and all your support, and I want to say thank you for listening to Healing Begins.